0: back to another episode of the Cyber Queens. We are your hosts, Meryl, Erica, and Natalie. I'm Meryl Vernon, resident red teamer and offensive expert.
1: Hi, my name is Erica Egan's. I'm the technical sales rep in the cyber field.
2: And I'm Natalie Baker, the blue team extraordinaire. Today, we are
0: talking about um, a topic that is going to be a little sensitive, a little triggering, a little more uh, social than it is technical topic. Uh, so we just want to put out a, a disclaimer. Front and foremost, all of the opinions that we hold are our own. They do not represent our employers, uh, the three of us, in any way, shape, or form. Everything that we are about to discuss is how we feel personally as women outside of our full-time roles. Okay, with that being said, today we're talking about um, how women tend to be in the workforce and how certain types of leadership can tend to take advantage of that, and it kind of results in holding women back, women and minorities back. Um, and really, what brought this topic up for us was that, uh, you know, I realized that women like me and women like my mom will like kill themselves to overwork for their employer. Like they feel like they don't deserve the job so bad. And they have to continually earn the job or continually prove that they deserve to stay there so bad that like us overproving ourselves becomes the standard for our work. So, like, we'll stay later, we'll try harder will give 2,000% as much effort as someone else. And that just kind of becomes what people expect of us and how we need to stop doing that to ourselves.
2: Yeah, because you have to think of it, especially if there's other women that are like in your field or in your your department, like you're also setting the standard for them and how much they have to work to to prove that they're worthy. If you're approved, if, if you, as especially as like a manager, if you're proved having to prove that you're worthy of the position that you hold, then they feel that they have to prove that they're worthy of the positions they hold. And it's a trickling effect. And it's very, very toxic for an entire department.
1: It is and the sales side of it. Um, this isn't blaming men for anything. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Literally I could have the same exact experience, the same education as a male counterpart and he has chosen for a promotion or to go do something different or even to get the job over myself. Again, I'm, that's not blame. That is something that I've actually experienced also um, in sales. If I'm at, you know, a thousand percent, it's okay for John Doe to be at 200% because he's ramping or he's doing this, he's doing that, but I have to overprove myself. And that, again, is not blaming. That is actually what happens. I work harder. I work longer and I, I do better than somebody who does 20%. Yeah. And to
0: them, and like you said, it's like, that's normal. It's like, Oh, he's got one prospect, but he's definitely going to close it. But where's your pipeline? Where's your three times the the amount of leads you need to actually close sales. And it's like, well, wait, why do I have to do that? And someone else doesn't have to do that. Like that's, that's not fair. And I wish that wasn't, such a consistent thing in cyber Um, but I mean because I've seen that in sales from when I used to work in medical device sales but I do see it in cyber too like it's like oh like you know he's spending three straight days writing up his three findings from an operation whereas I'm expected to turn out like all eight of mine plus a risk matrix plus the executive debrief or the executive outbreak from the beginning plus the introduction plus get all the tools that we use and all the links and all it's like it's just assume that we'll do more because we conditioned them to think that you can expect more of us. And like, in my career, I had to learn to throttle down. Like my dad told me a story. He was like, Meryl, like I was a contractor and I was just slaying it. Right. Like I was coming in and accomplishing things in half the time. And they're like, listen, you're a contractor and we want to keep you on for the whole contract. But we can't if there's no work for you to do because you've blown through it all. So we suggest that you take your time. And I was like, wow, you're right.
2: Like, like I did that in my I- internship. My internship was supposed to be a six month long internship and they expected it to take me six months to complete an entire project and in two months, two and a half months, I had that entire project completed and they were trying to find work for me to do that ended up being like inventorying things like that's literally what I had to do because I completed my project way ahead of schedule, what they were expecting. Cause I had to learn a whole new, like technology. I had to learn how to script in PowerShell. And they were like, it's going to take her six months. And it took me two and a half to get everything pulled <laughs> and learn the whole, how to script and everything. And it was just like, they were like, yeah, now we need you to go do inventory. And I was like, am I being punished? <laughs> am I being am I
1: being See, bullied? but that's,
2: but doesn't that say
0: something that like they were literally trying to find work to keep you on, but because that work was beneath you and like you thought you'd killed it on this project, you're like, wow, I'm being punished for like not having done something good. Like I must've messed up somewhere. Why do we do that? Why?
1: No. Well, and like a uh, black hat is a good example of what I'm about to give, say to you, you know, marketing is at the booth. They have like, you know, other technical people, whatever product owners, they always want me at the booth but they don't make the guys on my team go to the booth because I want to walk around and network black hat Defcon. You know, I want to go you know, be free, meet with customers, but they want me at the booth and in the industry, they call it the booth babe. That's the clean version of it. Um, mm. And they want me there and they're attracted. They, I attract the people, but yet you still think that I'm not as smart as John Doe over here. That's another yeah. stigma that I hate about the industry. Yeah. And it's like, well, great. So how did Black Hat go? Erica's like, I worked three eight hour shifts at the booth and
0: da 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 Well, why didn't, where are your leads? Why don't you have them? Because I wasn't allowed to leave and go talk to my freaking people. And it's like, yep. you know, Tom over there comes back with like 10 leads and like, they're all texting him and emailing he had so much fun with you at DEF CON. Yeah, let's do some business. I told you it's 80% relationship and like 20% business. And like, yep. well, he's more valuable at the bar talking to people. Being You're like,
1: that's not true. What? I take I take customers ax throwing and I hang out with, I, I work around guys. It's a male dominated industry and you learn how to adapt to it. Um, I just, I don't like that. I am expected to do that. I'll offer sometimes if I want to, but I'm more effective networking and being, you know, bopping around, but you know, I, they're not gonna put Matt at the friggin' booth cause he's better talking to customers and at the bar, bar drinking. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's a double standard. Well, you were just at a conference, Natalie. Were you expected to sit at the booth the whole time? I mean, you're not we in sales. We didn't have a booth there.
2: So okay. we were, we were there to, yes, attend and learn. And I was expected, like, here's the thing is when you go to a conference, you're kind of expected to go do all the social things, get your company's name out there. Because even though we didn't have a booth, like, part of my job is still to make sure that we have the sales to, to acquire the, um, the, the team that we have and to keep the team that we have. So we make sure that we do acquire sales and that we do put a good, good face on our, our company's brand. So when I was at the conference, I was still networking. I was still asking people like, yeah. how does this tool help us? How does this tool actually function? And where does it sit at in our stack of tools that we already have? Because if we already have a tool that does the same thing, it does us no good to acquire a new tool. That's going to do no good. Um, so yeah. a lot of that, was not ever expected to sit at a booth because i when i go to conferences i'm either presenting or i'm learning
1: yeah they send you for like your cpe credits right to get your like education credits right Uh,
2: yeah continuing professional education cpes you can yeah i I don't ever do those i just take a new test instead dude i'm not gonna lie i let my sec plus expire like
1: i've done so
0: many cpes i could have just maintained it and i was like do i even care
1: Well, and I mean, that makes sense that they're paying for you to go to the conference as like on the technical side, but it, when you look at it, it, it's not just sales, right? So I know that sometimes the booth is full of the female marketing reps. Where's all the dudes? (laughs) Why? Yeah. And the the booth bunny life is definitely
0: a thing. Uh um, but like how many times have we heard that? Like Erica, I know you want to move up. I know you want to be in management. I know you want to go talk to the CISOs or whatever, but we just, you're so good. We just need oh. you to stay where you are. We just need yeah. you to help out the team. And then they make you feel guilty. They prey on, like, no offense. I don't know if men have this, but they prey on something we call female guilt, where we're like, oh my God, you're right. I'm sacrificing the good of the team for my own selfish motivations. And you're like, I'll stay at the booth. I feel so bad. I won't even ask next year.
1: And it's like, yeah, why can't you just, why can't you just help the team? They need, they use them, our motherly instincts against yes. us. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes,
2: they do. Cause like everybody in my department, I always call them. I'm like, you're my cyber kids because like, I never have kid. I don't mm-hmm. have kids. I have, I have animals, but as you can see, I have animals, but I don't have kids. Um, and I never want to, I've never had the want to want kids. So they, but they'd still use that against you. And they're like, well, how dare you be so selfish for your own need? And you're leading a team and you're like, bro, I'm being selfish (laughs) so that I can give back to my team. Like, yeah, how is that not okay? Like, how is it not okay for me to stand up? Why do I have to feel like a brat for standing up for myself
1: at all you shouldn't you shouldn't yeah. well and shouldn't. don't get me wrong they men are held back too. like if you're a top performer on a sales team and you want to move up they actually will not ever look at you for a promotion because you're a, they want to keep you at that level because they want to keep making money for themselves and but that you're killing happen. it please please be yeah. there and keep killing it yeah but it's
2: ridiculous
1: another example is you don't talk to John about X, Y, Z in this sort of tone, or you don't, you know, have talks with him weekly about that kind of stuff. Why do I, you know, have to get lectured? And again, my current employer is amazing. So this has nothing to do with them, but I I get these special like talks and things that I have to do extra to show my weekly productivity, because you don't think I'm doing what I'm doing, even though I'm above a hundred percent of my quota, you know what I mean? So it's, in the sales, it's really tough because I've been put, I've been taken out of a fully generate revenue generating territory that I've built after a year, and then put into a new like uh, vertical that the company wanted to go start. And I go from making my, you know, my commissions to zero. But everybody else was asked; all the guys were asked if they wanted to make that move, starting the new team. They were asked, but I was not. So you think that I? Oh, just you were told. Team. You were volunteered. I was just put there. I didn't even know until they it happened. And it it was a loss of revenue for me because I was already making my commissions and everything. And I was killing it. And then they put me in sled. Well, actually state and local government only, not even education. If you are a sales rep, you have to have education and government. And they're like, well, we're just going to give you slough for one state. And you know, this guy, he's going to take all the K through 12 and another state. And I'm like, well, what like what? Why can I have that? Well, you're you're a builder, and then they try to use my strengths against me because mm. I'm very strong at building territories. Yeah. Why is this beyond that you? Makes
2: me so mad. It makes me why? so mad because you're a builder. Why, why does that matter? You so still you have, have to
0: always be building. You today. can't just
1: be enjoying yeah. the thing that you've built. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As the sales rep that I am, I'm not a BDR, so I don't go and set appointments or like I'm not a new business rep. I do you know everything from the first call to close to managing the relationship. I'm a full uh, sales cycle rep, full cycle rep. And okay, I'm great at building. So you're, you're giving me a reason to move up, but you're actually cutting my income by 80%. In that instance, I lost 80% of my income because my salary was only 20%. And I was used to being up here high in pay. I'm not saying I you know, depend on my commissions because that's never what you should do. But I was used to making this large, over half a million dollars a year. And then you put me into something you wanna build with no way of how you're gonna do it. And by the way, you can't manage government accounts unless you have lobbyists in in the field. And we we didn't have any contract vehicles to get to these government contracts or accounts. It was insane. And that is toxic because I was not even asked because you, I'm a threat. I was actually a threat to that manager at the time that I was going to take his job. I didn't even want it. I was making more than him. And as a sales rep, if you make more than your boss, that's great. But why did you stick me there? And you ask everybody else, sorry, that's toxic because you think you can. Okay.
0: And let me guess if that territory fails, it's because you couldn't hack it. And then I get fired not because it yeah. was difficult, not because, you know, and it yeah. becomes your and
2: performance it, problem because of their lack yep. of leadership. And that's yeah, yeah. like my no your leadership, your lack of leadership does not constitute my performance failure. That does not equate. like if you right. didn't have the foresight as my leadership to know that this, this, and this need to be fixed and to address it with me before performance review, like at the end of the day, that's on you as my leader to not have that foresight that's not right. on me as the performer that's trying to make sure that everything stays running and smoothly
1: going like that's on you yeah so one one thing that i want to jump over to is natalie you and i had a conversation about you know you're the sock manager there's other managers in your company and you're never invited to like go out with them or to like you know network with them on a level because you're a female and i told you i bet you it's because they think that they can't say certain things around you
2: Well, and see, for me, I don't think that it's necessarily that they think that they can't say things around me because I'm, I've been in the, I was in the army. Like I have worse mouth than half of those managers do when it comes down to it. Like my potty mouth, it comes out. I'm very spicy. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily that. I just think that because I'm the woman they're less likely they they just forget that I'm even there and because I'm just mm. working all the time and I'm just continually working but then it makes me feel then them feel like I don't want to be a part of their group and I'm like well I'm never invited to be a part of your group so why would I want to be a part of your group when right. I'm not invited I don't want to impose myself on you I want a genuine invite yeah <laughs> like I beg so for I your yeah, holy it. shit necessarily intentional that they are doing it because they they're worried that i'll go run back to hr and say oh so so said this this and this because i've never done that it's more so them not understanding that like if you want me to be involved in the conversation you need to invite me in because i'm not going to invite myself i have other people i can have other conversations with
1: if you were a guy though would that would it be different and that's toxic that's like And again, I'm not placing blame, but that's a toxic environment because management, you know, I'm not saying they have to include you, but management should all be unified. You know what I mean? So if you were a guy, would it be different?
0: It can be benign neglect too. It's not even like malicious. It's just like, oh, well, we just assume you wouldn't want to come hang out with us and like hear us talk about a bunch of guy stuff and like do what we do. But it's like, that's inherent bias. It's like, why not? Like, why is it guy stuff you're talking about and not just work stuff? And I can commiserate on work stuff. So that, that is where the bias comes into play.
2: And it's also, like, you want to talk about guy stuff. Like, I talk about more guy stuff with my chick friends than these guys do with with themselves, you know? Like, I talk about wrestling all the time because I'm, like, big. That's one of my big things that I love watching wrestling, like high school wrestling. So, like, it's not like I don't have, like, I'm very much a tomboy. So it's like I could have genuine interest in your conversation if you just pull me in.
0: Yeah, but these are also biases that they foster against ourselves. Like it's like that whole paradox people are talking about, where it's like you know, if a job description asks for for ten things and a female doesn't have those ten things, she won't apply because she's thinking I'm not going to make it. I don't have everything they want. But a guy comes along and is saying like, oh, I might only have two of those things, but screw it, whatever. I was going to take my chances, and he'll probably get it because they respect like the initiative and the ambition to try. And that's why the I'm trying to tell more more women. Yeah. I'm like, have that, have that, you know, big energy, bring it with you. Tell them exactly who you are and what you bring. And, you know, don't like someone had to tell me that once too, though. Like I wasn't going to apply for the, the pen tester job. The first one I ever got, because I'm like, I don't have any of that. They're like, it doesn't matter. They're like, Meryl, a man wouldn't care. A man would do it anyway. And he'll probably get it. And he's just as unqualified as you. Why not try? And I'm like, you're right. Okay. Why not try? That's valid. Um, and I remember like one positive managing experience I had, like when I first got to the red team, um, that I worked at, uh, at zoom under my leader, Andy, Andy, I'm put you on blast. You're awesome. Um, I was overworking again. I want to prove that I belong here. I either made or didn't make this job by the skin of my teeth. I'm going to prove to you guys that I belong here with you. And I did so good at that, that he was like, I, I miss, I misjudged your capabilities. I thought you were a junior. You're more of a mid. I am so sorry. He was like, uh, we're giving you a raise without a promotion. It's not a title promotion, but we're giving you a raise. And um, I don't want you to think that that means you have to do more. He was like, you were already doing the work and we just Misassessed you for being paid at that level. So please leave your work the same, do all the things you've been doing, but just know that I feel bad that I didn't assess you properly to, to compensate you for that. And yeah. I, so he literally came to me and said, I know you're going to think you have to work harder. You don't, you can work the same. I promise. Well, and that's so I was like, good oh.
2: leadership. That's <sighs> leadership right there. It's like that they see that you're doing more than what you're actually being paid. And they came to you and said, instead of like, You eventually feeling underpaid and under-recognized. We're now going to recognize you in advance. And guess what? You just keep doing the same thing you've been doing because you already earned it in your work ethic and your quality. Of course, I
0: worked harder, even though he told me not to. But like, it just felt nice. It was lovely. So,
2: you know, there are those good managers out
0: there. There Um, are. For sure. For sure. Um, So some strategies you can do to combat this kind of thing. Because again, some of it is self-sabotage women put on themselves. We don't think we're good enough. We continually think we'll get fired if we don't do enough. Like that TikTok Amber put out. She's like, well, I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired.
1: That it's made true. me laugh so hard. Amber, Amber DeVilbis. If you don't follow Amber DeBelvis, I'll, I'll put her link You're in missing the out. comments. She's amazing. And she will be on, on episodes with us.
0: She will, but, but it was true. It was like most women are like, that's me. I constantly think like if my manager cancels my one-to-one three times in a row, really it's just <laughs> that he's like, you're on autopilot. You're my rock star child. I don't need to worry about you. But I'm like, I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired like this. And, it, and it's, it's a thing. So how do we combat that mindset? How do we as women, how do we as millennials, because we had a bias against us, and how will you as Gen Z combat that mindset? Some things you can do to do that. In my opinion, make yourself replaceable. Like I know you're integral and you're good at your job, but document your job, automate your job, optimize your job, and make it so that anyone can come in behind you so you can take a vacation, so you can take a promotion and move up. And they'll know that that function is gonna be satisfied just like you were doing it. And people will say, well, isn't that my job security? Aren't I just giving away my secret sauce? No. You're giving away the secret sauce so that you don't have to stay there. Someone else can stay there. They're like, wow, Erica made this job so that a monkey could walk in and do it. Beautiful. We'll hire a monkey and Erica can go do something better. Um, that's usually what I've experienced. I've never experienced someone who got fired because they made their job better and they were like, we don't need you now. Uh, that's just me though. Uh, so what about you guys? What do you recommend as a good strategy to combat this?
2: I think I think your advice is very excellent. Make yourself uh, replaceable. I- I started to do that. And the minute I did, I was like, Oh, okay, now I can move up and move into what I want to do. And I've always told my people, like, make sure that if you don't want to do something anymore, make sure that you document it so that you can teach somebody else how to do it. So you can just hand it to them and let them do the thing you don't want to do anymore. Um, But at the same time, also just reminding yourself that like, look around look around and see the performance of everybody else and if you're still the top performer and you're not being paid for it then then it's time to move on like you have to look and evaluate like am i the person that is holding this whole thing together and if so why is that still the case when i've made myself replaceable i've made sure the documentation was in place and if that's still the case then maybe it's time to move on
0: yeah, if you're the biggest fish in the pond, find a new pond where you're the smallest fish so you can yep. learn more. You'll, you'll never yep. learn more if you're at the top of the totem pole forever. Excellent advice. Erica?
1: <laughs> My biggest advice, don't be a pushover, but don't be, you know, confrontational. If you've ever seen the movie Horrible Bosses, the first one, there's a the guy, he just, you know, is a complete pushover. He tries, he, he's supposed to get this promotion. And then the, the manager at the end just says, well, I'm going to consume all this stuff, but look at what I did. I made you more productive. Do not let them push you. Be Don't be a pushover. Do not, you know, don't forget who you are because somebody else is trying to make you that who they want to be. Yeah. Speak up, you know, make sure you know your stuff. And then I agree with the make yourself replaceable stuff.
2: Can I throw something in here? Do not take on more responsibilities without more pay. Don't do it. Just a lot of companies will say, we want you to prove yourself. We want you to prove that you're capable of doing this job. Like if you didn't think I was capable, you wouldn't be offering me the opportunity you're offering me. So like, do not take a more responsibility without more pay. The minute they start talking about wanting to promote you up, you say, well, where's the promotion at? Where's that raise at? Where's that money at? Because it's there. Yeah. All you will prove to them is that you're willing to do the work of two people for one salary
0: and they'll, yeah, and they'll, they'll absorb that until you're doing the work of five people for one salary. And if you don't think that's true, and then people are like, well, can I, won't I be in a position then to like tell them, oh, well, you'll need two people to replace me. And guess what? A lot of the times they'll let you go. And they'll hire three people at three times your salary to replace yep. you. They don't, yep. they don't see that you guys. And like, I just talked to a manager who's like, I'm sick of fighting that uphill battle on behalf of my people. My management won't see it every single time. They'll let that person go for like what, 50, 60 more K a year. And we end up hiring someone else at 90 to hundred K a year, instead of giving that person a raise. And now they have to be trained up as well. So yeah, in our opinion, not an effective strategy. It might work for some people. I don't recommend it. Um,
2: well, you're paying the new person less you're still letting that experience that has come up and gained the knowledge and has the turn up time like you're still paying them for that time to learn it and learn up like a lot of times i've seen companies they'll let somebody go because they wanted to raise and they're like well we're not willing to pay that raise and they'll let them go and they'll hire somebody entry level and it's like oh okay well good job guys like you're (laughs) just hurting yourselves at the end of the day
1: the other thing with that is if you're, you know, apply for a, a job within your company or you get promoted, you will get an answer that, oh, we, you know, you know that you should be making 20% more, but they'll say, oh, you know, if you're uh, promoted from within, all we could do is like 5%. That is somewhat true, but it's actually not true because race. if they, if they hire somebody externally, they'll have to pay way more. And then that is the company Backing you into a corner of being paid less, and you're letting it happen. So don't let them push over on you. And if if they don't want to do it, then don't take the promotion because you, do, yeah. like we said, don't take more responsibilities for less pay. It's the same thing.
2: At the Agreed. end of the day, you always have to do a fair market evaluation of yourself yeah. and your skills every year. I do one. Every year on my anniversary date, I do one. And if they're not offering me the same amount, what I can make on fair market value, I will leave that company. I'm not overly loyal. The only person I'm loyal to is myself at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you're the only person who will fight for
0: you.
1: Exactly. If you quit and go back. They have to hire you at the higher salary. So
0: yeah, <laughs> I was literally told once quit and come back, quit for a month and come back. I was like, that's, that's silly. Not going to do it. That's-
2: no, that's toxic. I'm just moving no. on. At that point I'll just move on. <laughs> You're yeah, company exactly. that will appreciate me from the beginning.
0: So I think collectively we can agree if you wanna do that and come in and succeed and you wanna fight that that bias that you have against yourself and that leadership might have because they again it might not be malicious they might just see you as like they don't know how to replace you they don't even know where to start so you can start doing yourself some favors document your job document what you do and document how you do it make yourself replaceable make your skills repeatable and scalable advocate for yourself going back to erica's point advocate but don't do it in a contentious manner all you're gonna do is burn bridges when you need to build bridges it's much more valuable to get someone on your side who will fight for you. Um, Again, going back to that brand, right? There's going to be higher management conversations. You're not a part of where your manager is either going to the mat for you to get that raise or buckling because he's not sure if you're worth it. So I think we can agree. Those are the takeaways this time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Well, I think this has been a wonderful episode. If you resonated with any of this message, we're sorry. We're sorry that you found yourself there. And if you haven't yet worked yourself out of it, as always, we say this every episode, but we genuinely mean it. DM any single one of us. DM Erica, DM me, DM Natalie. We're willing to help you. We'll help you work your way out of your rut. We will take time to learn your story and recommend some things that we think you should do. You can ping us for advice just about any time. We love you. We thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. If you liked what you heard today, please remember to hit that like, share, and subscribe button. We, the queens, really appreciate it. It helps us get our message out and help more women. And we will see you next week for yet another episode of the Cyber Queens. Bye. 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 (laughs) you <laughs>